Chapter 10 8.54 p.m. Visor 3, leader of the Yurk invasion of Earth. Visor 3, the only Yurk in all of history to take control of an Andalite body. Visor 3, the only Yurk with the power to morph. Can we outrun him? I asked Axe. No. Can we outfight him? I asked. My voice was a whisper. My mouth was too dry to work right. Axe turned his stalk eyes to look at me. No, Prince Jake. We might get in a lucky shot, but the blade ship is very powerful. This is the blade ship that destroyed our great dome ship. Here he comes, Rachel yelled in warning. A red glow illuminated the blade ship as the visor fired his engines and came for us. We can try and run, or we can take a chance on a lucky shot. Axe said. He was looking at me. They were all looking at me. I grabbed the joystick. My hand was trembling. I feel lucky, I said. It was an absolute lie, of course. I didn't even feel slightly lucky. But it sounded good. I caught Marco giving me a sardonic grin. He knew I was faking it. I felt Cassie's hand touch my shoulder for encouragement. Hold on, you may be unsteady on your human legs, Axe warned. He threw the bugfighter into a quick, tight turn. Axe was right. I almost fell over before the bugfighter systems compensated for inertia. Then Axe really lit up the engines and we leapt forward, straight for the blade ship. Ready to fire, Axe said. It wasn't a question. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Wait until... Now! I swept the red target circle toward the black diamond head of the blade ship. I squeezed the trigger, and I kept squeezing. Brilliant Dracon beams stabbed toward the blade ship. But at the same instant, the viscer fired. Dracon beam hit Dracon beam. An explosion of light so intense I could actually see through my own hand. I could see Cassie's teeth inside her head. Wump! I was thrown against the ceiling. I fell to the floor and rolled, out of control. Rachel landed on top of me, knocking the wind out of me. The bugfighter was spinning. My eyes were filled with balls of light, like suns inside my own head. Spinning, spinning, spinning. And with each turn, I was thrown hard. Into Axe. Into Marco. Tobias batted his wings wildly, trying to get some control. It was like we had all been tossed into a washer on spin cycle. Then, with a sickening lurch, the bugfighter came upright. There was a floor again, and a ceiling. And through the window, there was a planet. Earth. Big, blue, and getting closer, very, very fast. We're going down, Rachel yelled. Axe, Axe, we're going down. Axe scrambled to his hooves and made his way back to the controls. Too fast, he said. We're going down too fast. Look! Tobias cried. Over there, to the left! We're not alone! 
Tumbling down alongside us, just a mile away, was the blade ship. It was twisting and twirling and falling, just like us. Wait, Cassie said, sounding more confused than terrified. It's daylight in the Western Hemisphere. Do I care? Marco yelled. We're going down. It was dawn in the Middle East, Cassie insisted. Now it's daylight in the Western Hemisphere. Suddenly, friction flames began glowing on the nose of the bugfighter. We were going back into the atmosphere. Axe, can you pull us out of this? I demanded. I am slowing our descent, he said. We are slowing down, but... But I don't think it will be enough. Great, Marco moaned. At least the blade ship will go down with us, Rachel said. Does that make you feel better, Xena? Marco grated. Rachel actually smiled. It was a sad, brief smile. Not much better, she admitted. Ten seconds to impact, Axe said. Ten, nine, eight. Flash! I was no longer in the bugfighter. I was square dancing. I was giving Rachel a resentful look as I bowed to her in time with the music. What the? Flash! Four, three, hold on! I saw green, green on green, rushing up at me. And then we hit. And for a while, I didn't see anything at all. Chapter 11 Time Unknown I woke up. I woke up very suddenly. My head hurt, and the screaming noises didn't help. My back hurt, too. I was lying on the ground, on the mildewed, rotting leaves. Trees towered over me. Insanely tall trees. Ferns dipped down to tickle my face. There was a root or something under my back, which explained the back pain. But I was alive. I sat up quickly. But that sent a spear of pain through my head. Oh man, I groaned. Then I saw the bug. The bug on my lap. The big, giant, monster bug. I guess it was some kind of beetle. It had yellow and black stripes and something that looked almost like curved antlers. I swear it was six inches long. Or at least three inches. It would have been beautiful if it hadn't been on me. I yelled and brushed the beetle away. Then I felt the itchy, crawling feeling on my leg. Ants! There were a dozen ants climbing up my right shin. I have been an ant, so you'd think maybe I have some sympathy for them. Wrong. I slapped at my leg till I was sure they were gone. I climbed to my feet. I felt woozy and confused. Where was I? Where were the others? I looked around. Green. Green everywhere. I mean... Everywhere. The visions, I said to no one. I was in a jungle. I knew that for sure. I'd never been in a jungle before, but there was no doubt in my mind. Maybe it was the monkeys and birds screeching at an insane volume all around me in the trees that gave it away. Maybe it was the creepers and vines. Maybe it was a flash of an amazing red and blue bird flitting through the branches. Maybe it was the fact that beetles really shouldn't be as big as that beetle had been. 
It was jungle, alright. Just like it had been in the weird flashes I'd been experiencing since that afternoon while square dancing. That's what did it, I muttered. It was the square dancing that drove me crazy. I decided to yell for the others. Hey! Hey! Cassie! Marco! It was like my voice had no power. The sound was just swallowed up by the trees and ferns and bushes. Okay, get a grip, Jake. Try to remember. You were coming down in the bug fighter. Obviously, you crashed. Duh. So look for the bug fighter. It can't be far away. I glanced around at the solid wall of green in every direction. The air was steaming with humidity, and the smells of overly sweet flowers and tropical rot made me feel like I was walking past some department store perfume counter. Then I spotted a tree where the top half had been snapped off. I started walking, trying to get a better angle on the broken tree. I saw a second tree, splintered. I began to notice what looked like a tunnel plowed through the dense foliage. A tunnel plowed through the trees and foliage that should lead to the bug fighter. Or the blade chip, I reminded myself. The jungle was quieting down a little, but there was still some fairly crazy screeching from up in the tall trees. The jungle animals sounded annoyed. Probably they didn't appreciate someone crashing a bug fighter into their home. And they didn't like my looks either. The jungle floor was surprisingly clear. Down at foot level there wasn't much growing, just dead leaves. But at face level there were vines and bushes and ferns, all slapping me in the face as I pressed on. Suddenly I came to a clearing, a hole in the canopy where a tree had fallen. Bright sunlight shone through the gap, and it was as if every species of plant life you could imagine was crowding into that sunny spot. I found myself facing an incredible wall of vegetation, a dozen types of brilliant flowers, mosses so green they didn't seem real, small vines wrapped around bigger vines wrapped around tree trunks. It was the greenest place on earth. There were even plants growing out of the smooth trunks of tall trees. I trudged on, back into the shadows of the forest, and when I looked up, I could no longer see the tunnel through the foliage. That's when I started to get really scared. I was in a jungle, and jungle isn't like forest, where you can usually see for hundreds of feet in any direction. Jungle presses in close around. It's like being buried in green. Marco! Cassie! Rachel! I yelled, feeling the edge of panic. How about Tobias? A voice said in my head. I looked up and saw nothing. Then I noticed him swooping down toward me from the high branches of a tree. Tobias! I yelled. I waved. Of course, he'd already seen me, obviously. But I was massively relieved. So I waved again. The red-tailed hawk body seemed almost bland. Boring in the context of this jungle. He landed on a rotting, moss-encrusted log. Tobias! The others? Everyone is alive! He said. It took a while to find everyone, though. I think the bug fighter must have spun around a few times, tearing through the trees. Cassie ended up practically on top of this snake. This extremely large snake. Where are we? I don't know, Tobias said. But I'm pretty sure this ain't home. Come on, follow me. It's not far. I followed Tobias, pushing and shoving and fighting my way through the forest that seemed determined to stop me. 
I was dripping with sweat and gasping in the thick air. Then, a clearing. Not a natural clearing, but one created by the crashed bug fighter. Jake! Cassie yelled and ran over to give me a hug. She had a nasty cut on one hand, which she'd bandaged with the strips torn from her t-shirt. You're alive, Marco observed. For now, he added darkly. I told you he'd be okay, Rachel said. The bug fighter was upright, but one whole side looked as if it had been peeled back. You could see right to the inside. The left engine pod was cranked out at a sharp angle. Axe was inside the fighter. He lowered his head to peer at me through the hole in the fighter's side. Prince Jake, I'm glad you're alright. I'm glad I'm alright too, I said. Now, where are we? Where is easy? Cassie said. Rainforest. Not Africa, because I've seen monkeys with prehensile tails. You know, tails they can swing by. Most likely we're in Central or South America. Either the Costa Rican rainforest or the Amazon rainforest. I'm betting Amazon, Margo said brightly. I'm also taking bets on whether we live long enough for me to collect on bets. I laughed. You're always such an optimist, Marco. I turned back to Cassie. So, Amazon rainforest, huh? Like I said, the question of where we are is fairly easy. Cassie, why do I have the feeling there's something you're not telling me? I asked her. Remember when we were in orbit? Remember how it was night in North America, but the sun was just coming up over the Red Sea? I shrugged. I guess so. Well, after we fired at the blade ship, as we were going down, it was daylight over here, over South America. It took me a few seconds to realize what she was talking about. Axe came trotting out of the bug fighter. He wiped his hands on a rag. Thanks to Cassie's observation, it seems pretty clear that we and the blade ship fired simultaneously and the Dracon beams intersected. We created what we call a surreal rip. A what? A surreal rip? What's that? We blew a small hole in space-time, and we were drawn in through that hole. English, please, I warned. Plain English, please. We were blown through time, Jake, Cassie said. We aren't where we want to be, and we aren't when we want to be. I stared at her. Did we go forward or back? Are we in the past or the future? Yes, Axe said. It's definitely one of those two choices. Chapter 12 1.22 PM Again So let me just summarize here. We are probably in the Amazon forest, and we are either in our own past or in our own future. We have no way to fly this bug fighter out of here. We have no way of knowing if there's a city or town or even a road near here. I looked around at my friends. Anyone have anything to add? I know that it is 1.22 p.m., Axe said. I just don't know what day or year it is. Andalites have the ability to keep track of time naturally, like some kind of internal clock. It's useful. Of course, it's more useful if you know what century you're in. Cassie held up her hand like she was in school. The rainforest is full of poisonous snakes, poisonous insects, poisonous plants, and poisonous frogs. Excuse me? 
Marco said. Poisonous frogs? Did you say poisonous frogs? Plus, there is at least one large predator. The jaguar. Love their cars, Marco said. Right now we have no food and no water, Rachel added helpfully. Also, no weapons. Why do we need weapons? Tobias asked. Morph into birds and we'll just fly out of here. None of us can stay and morph for more than two hours, Cassie pointed out. Realistically, we can't fly more than 20 or 30 miles an hour at best. That's maybe 60 miles per morph. And we could be a thousand miles from nowhere. Besides, Marco said glumly, What are we supposed to do? Find a town? Make a collect call to our families and tell them we're in South America? Hey, Dad, guess what? I'm in Brazil. Or maybe Costa Rica. Could you come and pick me up? If there even is a town, Rachel said. If there even are phones. If our parents have been born yet. Or are still alive. You're kind of missing something. We may be in the year 2000 BC. Or we might be in the year 1080. Ox, what's the deal with this serial rip? I asked the Andalite. I mean, is there some way to undo it? Axe didn't answer. Instead, I noticed his stock eyes turning slowly to the right. We are not alone, Axe said. I shot a glance in the direction Axe was looking. Something moved. I had a fleeting impression of a shoulder, arm, and head. Humanoid, Axe said. I didn't see it very well, but it was watching us. Swell, I said. Tobias? I'm on it, he said, opening his wings and flapping away through the trees. As for the Sario Rip, I... All I know is what it is. It's a rip in space-time. Yeah, you told us that, Marco said. I think... Axe hung his head. Prince Jake, we studied the Sario Rip effect in school, but there was a game later that day and I was thinking more about the game than class. Also, there was this female who distracted me. Marco laughed. Axe, are you telling us you were too busy flirting with some girl to pay attention to the lesson? Axe didn't answer. He just said, I don't know whether you can reverse a Sario rip. I remember some things, but not everything. I'm thirsty, Rachel said. Whatever else we're going to do, we have to find water. And food. Axe, can you fix the bug fighter? We can fly with just one engine, Axe said. The ripped skin of the craft is irrelevant as long as we stay in the atmosphere and fly slow. But the effects of the Sario Rip have wiped out the ship's software. It's been erased. Can you rewrite that software? Rachel asked. Yes, but it would take me 20 years, at least. Better and better, I said. Hey, wait, what happened to the blade ship? Axe looked blank. I saw it going down along with us, Cassie said. But I didn't see it crash. So maybe, in addition to everything else, we have Visser 3 and a shipload of hork warriors to worry about, I said. So please give me some good news. Well, it's still daylight, Marco said, putting on a big phony grin. When night falls, then we'll be... Jake! Duck! Tobias yelled. 
For once in my life, I didn't stop to think about it. I ducked. And even as I ducked, I saw the face. I saw the arm. I saw the spear. It was coming straight at me. Right from my face. The vision. It was the hallucination. I ducked. The spear went over my head and flew on harmlessly into the brush. Tobias flapped wildly into the air. I shouldn't have been resting, he berated himself. I should have been in the air. I was too weirded out to worry about Tobias. I knew that was going to happen, I said. That spear, the kid who threw it, I knew. Cassie looked strangely at me. Jake, what are you? Three people, Tobias interrupted. They look almost like they might be kids. They're hauling butt out of here, which is what we better think about doing too. Why? Rachel demanded indignantly. We can handle some kids with spears. Forget the kids. I see a group of 20, maybe 30 Hork-Bajir. They're tearing up the forest and coming this way. We can't leave the bugfighter, Rachel protested. How else are we going to get out of here? We can't stand and fight 20 Hork-Bajir warriors either, I said. We have to pull back. I glanced over and saw Cassie. She had retrieved the spear from the bush. It was a long, thin stick. There was no spearhead on it. It was just a sharp stick, with the sharp end blackened. That doesn't look too deadly, I said. Cassie shook her head. No, you probably couldn't kill much with this stick, unless the tip was dipped in poison, and we are in the home office of natural poisons. The local people. I guess they wouldn't waste their time using a weapon that didn't work, would they? I said. No, Cassie said flatly. The chances are pretty good that this spear is poison-tipped. There are poisonous frogs and plants down here that are used for arrow and spear poison. Very deadly. Very, very deadly. The hork are definitely not our only problem. Jake, you guys need to move out, Tobias warned. He was overhead again. I couldn't see him, but I knew he was up in the jungle canopy. I can't see well enough through all this foliage, but I think a group of hork is getting close to you. Decision time. Stay and fight? We'd lose. Run away? We'd be giving up the bugfighter, our only way home. Axe? Is there something, anything, you can take out of the bugfighter that would make it impossible for the Yurks to fly it? Axe stared at me with his main eyes, even as his stock eyes swept the forest around us. Yes. Yes, I can think of something. Then get it, I said. Jake, there's no time! Tobias called down. He must have been close enough to hear me, but the foliage was so dense I had no clear idea where he was. Axe hesitated, not sure what to do. The others all looked at me. Do it, Axe, I said. He raced for the bugfighter. Everyone else, get out of here. I'm staying with you, Rachel protested. I'm not staying. Minimum risk, I snapped. We only need Axe to handle this. No point risking anyone else. I plunged into the green. I grabbed Rachel's arm and pulled her along. Cassie and Marco followed me. Jake! Tobias called down. If Axe isn't out of there in under two minutes, he's not going to get out of there. I didn't answer. It's the worst thing about being a so-called leader. The times when you have to take a risk with someone else's life. If Axe ended up dead, it was going to be very hard to explain to my friends. And to myself.
Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. I am sorry if there's like some weird background noises. Someone in this house is playing music super loud, um, but there's nothing I can do about that, so we're just just gonna have to press on. I'm also very sleepy, so let's let's get through this one quick. Tried a little thing on a uh, chapter chapter eleven. With the jungle noises, there were a lot of, like, instances in the book where, like, K. Applegate had put, you know, phonetically, like, monkey screeching, and I don't think anyone really wants to hear me try to imitate monkeys and birds, uh, ever at all. I don't think that's very pleasant, so, um, I was just like, let me just slap a, a jungle noise throughout to kind of emulate the experience of Jake waking up in the jungle. Uh, so hopefully I mix that right and it sounds listenable. Um, I, I just felt like I should explain myself. Other than that, uh, thank you for listening. If you use iTunes, leave a rating and review. If you do or don't use iTunes and feel like telling a friend, <coughs> excuse me, if you like telling a friend, please, uh, by all means, go ahead and do that. Uh, also, if these intro notes sound a little maybe uh, chunkier in the vocal region, I am trying out a new technique for uh finalizing my audio but i'm gonna stick it to these end show notes instead of uh the whole thing because i know we're in the middle of a book and i don't want to like drastically change uh how the audio sounds halfway through so uh next book though everything's gonna sound real good i think anyway uh if you have questions about this show or you just want to talk you can reach me at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com uh, be sure to check out my second podcast, OK Crusader. That's all one word. You can find that by searching OK Crusader wherever, wherever you would search for a podcast. This is one where me and some guests take some random Marvel characters from the Marvel fan wiki, and we uh, we just discuss how dateable we find them. It's uh, very dumb and kind of raunchy. So if that sounds fun, check it out. Okay, that's all I have this week. We're getting into the real meat of the story now, so here we go. See you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.